0: Lauren Lee Chen, and the twins Aaron and Joshua Fishman. This is Aaron Fishman. We're on the NBA beat yet again, this time with Mason Ginsberg of ESPN True Hoops Bourbon Street Shots. We have a packed episode coming up, featuring Anthony Davis's brilliance, the continuing efforts to solidify a supporting cast around him, recent injury woes, a look at how much pressure Alvin Gentry and Dell Dempster are under to guide an improved team, and a lot more. Recorded on Halloween, Mason definitely delivered a treat of a Pelicans interview. But all corniness aside, let's just do the damn thing. Hey Mason, welcome to the show. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Our pleasure. We have a lot to talk about here with the New Orleans Pelicans. We've seen monstrous performances by Anthony Davis. I don't think anyone is really surprised. It's just unfortunate that it hasn't resulted in any wins thus far. I know, obviously, they played the Warriors and the Spurs two of their first three games. Those would have been difficult uh, games to win, regardless. But how would you assess the supporting cast around Anthony Davis right now? Where is
1: that? Um, Yeah, it's a good question. Um, It's been it's been pretty fun to watch. I missed the Spurs game, but I did watch the uh, the the first two, and so I watched Anthony Davis's two crazy crazy good games but um it's i think it's a adjustment period first of all they're missing their second best player drew Holiday, far and away um fortunately not due to injury unfortunately due to his uh his wife having a surgery to remove a brain tumor but all's going well there so um we expect him to be back hopefully next uh next few weeks uh ideally some point in november i think i think that's probably going to happen but um But yeah, I mean, the sporting cast, they're all, they're still learning to play together, I think. I I don't, you know, I like the moves made in the offseason. You know, there's not the flitch, the the switch wasn't going to flip overnight. The Twan Moore has been really good. Um, Solomon Hill is not, but that's, you know, again, we're, we're early on. It's a different, it's a philosophical shift by the front office, by the coaching staff and the types of players are bringing in uh, and the players who exited. So uh, there's a lot of moving parts. And, you know, while I don't think this is a, a playoff team at this point in time, it, there's, I, th- I think it's pretty early to, to rush to any sort of judgment on um, on the quality of the team as, as it stands right now.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people around the league, just knowing how darn good he is, are, are disappointed that he hasn't gotten more help early on in his career Of course, last year was a huge disappointment on the heels of that playoff berth when they had that series against the Warriors. Expectations were sky high. They had all those injuries in that first season under Alvin Gentry. And um, so it was a huge disappointment. When you have a season like that, it can be galvanizing the season after that. It could also set the tone, the negative tone for your franchise, possibly. Again, there's some injuries. Tyreek Evans, Quincy Pondexter still out. You mentioned... Drew Holiday is still out. What are the expectations? I know you said you don't expect the playoffs, but how good can they realistically be this year?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, if if Drew had been able to play from day one, I think they were a fringe playoff team. I thought they were. I didn't have him in the top eight, but I had him just outside. Um, but I mean, it's really it it really hurts missing Drew. Like I said, he's a he's the the guy who starts everything on offense. He's a great defender. Uh, And he really he kind of fits pretty well with the rest of the guys that the Pelicans brought in there, you know, between Moore and and Hill. um, They they really need that secondary high usage player. And they just they just don't have it right now. And you can see that in kind of the results over the first three games. Like Tim Frazier has been stepping up and he's been filling that role pretty well. But there's just not a a lot of aggression right now. And it's players who are are going to learn to really step up. I mean, it's it's they got some young guys who are failing different roles now than they felt in the past but um you know it's 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 just it's just a, a work in progress right now and I, th- I think i'm just really excited for for drew to get back and, and join this team quincy will be great too but that that's a huge question mark right now no one really knows what's going on he's been out for over a year now and there's a lot of a lot of disappointment surrounding him because he was he was the key guy that, and when you talk about last year and the the lack of uh of playoffs and obviously all the injuries hurt there was a pretty pretty brutal year pelicans and the grizzlies really i think <laughs> were on another level in terms of injuries last year but but quincy was there their only plus defender who could knock who could really stretch the floor and be defended from the three-point line and missing him was just was just huge and again it'd be really helpful to get him him back but no 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 real certainty on when that's going to happen
2: We talked a lot about last year, the huge letdown season, marred with a ton of injuries. So even despite the high expectations coming in, you can sort of chalk that up to being a lost season. This season, a lot of the same, a lot of question marks coming in. At the same time, you wonder if these lost seasons are going to pile up and waste some of Anthony Davis's prime years. Does that you think, leave Alvin Gentry with little margin for error in terms of how much leeway he has with this team, and also for GM Del Demps to get Anthony Davis more help in his supporting cast? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think this is definitely a make-or-break year for both of those guys. Um, You know, Gentry came in, to a team that really had the little flexibility when it came to making moves under the salary cap last summer. So, you know, they brought back Omer. I the, the contract they gave him was indefensible, but you can understand bringing him back from a playoff team and there was no they had no cap space to really maneuver outside they had to they had to just re-sign players to go over the cap using bird rights. So, um, you know, so they got these guys back and they they had this higher degree of continuity, but it what they didn't really fit the style of basketball Jancher wanted to play. Um, and so now he was able to get some guys who, you know, can, can, you know, aren't elite in anything like Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson were elite shooters, but there are guys who can pass the ball, who can defend, who can knock down shots, uh, even though that really hasn't happened over the first three games. And, uh, and now he really, you know, apart from injuries, he has, he, he has no excuses. Coaching staff doesn't have an excuse. They, they've got the players they want. And so if you don't, it, that doesn't mean they have to you know make make the playoffs and win a playoff series by any stretch, but they've got to show some real progress. And if that doesn't happen, then I think, I mean, Dell Demps is getting a second shot here with his new core. Um, So I think, I think this is definitely a make or break season. You have to either see real progress, or I think you're going to see some changes at the top.
2: Dell Demps before the season started, he both called it a make or break season and also, but also he seemed to be lowering expectations. And you also at the top of the show, Said your expectations were that they were not probably not going to make the playoffs. Do you think, on Dempse's part at least, that is a strategic thing for him?
1: Um, maybe. I mean, it's it, obviously the expectations were high for him coming in, uh, because the Pelicans made the playoffs the year before, and then just, I mean, you could feel for him. Uh, he's obviously not without blame, but injury after injury last season, you know, he didn't have a health even from the opening night starting lineup had both nor, uh, Nate Robinson and I think Kendrick Perkins too in the starting lineup. And that's just that's just something you you can never foresee. And so just from from the start that they didn't get a training camp together. And uh, so you, you can understand the you know the guys at the top, you know, whether it's Dell or Gentry wanted to manage expectations. And I mean, I think they they like the team they put together. They know it's not it's not going to vault up the standings, but I think what they're hoping is to make some serious progress this year and make themselves a little more of an attractive destination for for a, an elite free agent, maybe playing as the number two alongside AD. And I, I mean, and I think that's not totally rational. Obviously, New Orleans has never been a marquee destination. Their their biggest free agent signing in the last, I don't know, ten years, probably Peja Stojakovic, who was who was on the he he was still he was probably in the back end of his prime, and and you know they overpaid. To, to get him to get him to new orleans but I, I think that's kind of the thought process is you get a lot of guys who you think fit together but you're just kind of missing that really really good compliment to ad drew holiday is great but he's not a number two on a championship team he's a he's probably more of a number three so i think that's the that's the ideal state setup is trying to make this make the pelicans a more attractive spot uh and you know a, a summer from now
2: and not to keep harping on the injury issue but there is this infographic, I think you know, the one that I'm talking about that John Schumann put out, I think at the end of last season and also over this off season that just showed the litany of injuries in Anthony Davis's history, a ton of unrelated things, mostly that's caused him to miss games almost every season. To what extent do you think that's just really bad luck in his case? Or is there any legitimate cause for concern that he's injury prone there?
1: Uh, it's it's tough to say and then you know there are f- fair arguments for and against it I mean there's a bunch a bunch of you know it's whether it comes back to that uh, it's been consistently debated on whether you'd rather have a guy who keeps getting the same thing hurt or has a bunch of different injuries that you know does it mean that you know w- which makes a player more injury prone and you know it, I don't know I don't know what the answer is to that question so I mean I, I think he's still like he's only 23 years old still he's developing and in, in, into that uh, into uh, more of a a, sh- a stronger uh, figure that you know is going to help him play more minutes at, at the five, uh, which he did. He vocally did not want to do in the start of his career, and that's I think that's part of the reason they brought Omer back was because Ad had told them that he did not want to play the five. But I think now he's realizing where the NBA game is going. He's been playing more and more five every year, and I'm you know I'm optimistic about about Ad from an injury perspective. I don't think. Uh, you know it's there's nothing that really sticks out as a major red flag that i I, as in something that's going to keep uh getting injured and re-injured i mean uh, apart from that it's really it's really tough to say like but all things considered I, i would rather him have a bunch of random injuries and keep injuring the same thing over and over again
2: yeah i definitely agree with you there like you see especially in centers or bigger guys the guys who keep having continual issues with the same foot or their back those are the types of things that you really know that they can limit their careers with anthony davis injuring seemingly different things every single time i guess that's better in a way but at the same time you wonder why that's the case sort of the same issue possibly to a lesser extent with uh, drew holiday 2 years ago he had two related right lower leg injuries and then last year he missed a good amount of time really from a freak injury getting an elbow to his face this season missing time not injury related but do you think that's an issue with Drew Holiday as well
1: no I, I really I really don't um I mean obviously there's been a lot like you said he's injured the the same knee a couple of times but um or but he he actually had a very healthy season last year. The the Pelicans eased him back into the into the offense, eased him back into the team. Uh, you know he didn't play in in back to backs uh, the first couple months of the season, and then once he once he got back in January, he hit the ground running and uh, and really played some phenomenal basketball. If you look at his numbers after the All Star break, he was he was easily a, a top ten point guard in the NBA, and so um, you know and, and and you mentioned the. The, the elbow to the face the orbital fracture I think it was and that's just like you said yeah just a freak injury but I, I, I fully expect Drew Holiday to come back and be it may take him a little bit of time to get acclimated to the to the new guys in the roster but I think from an injury perspective I, I expect him to come back completely healthy because um, that's what I saw from him last year. Earlier in the show, Mason, you spoke to the kind of players that
0: Ryan Anderson and Eric Gordon were last season. When healthy, those two were perennially the Pelicans' most prolific and accurate three-point shooters for the past four seasons. And even Luke Babbitt, he's gone, and he was one of the best three-point shooters, too. What would you say the impact of those guys are going to be losing that?
1: yeah i think it's been overblown over the first few games uh i I obviously huge i'm not as concerned about losing eric gordon as i as i am ryan anderson but by that same tone ryan anderson was not worth the 18 million dollars a year contract that he got from houston uh he's a he's a very good player but he's a very good player on one side of the ball he's an atrocious defender uh eric gordon didn't make didn't get quite as much from the rockets but i think his skill set's more replaceable i think etuan war brings a lot of what eric gordon brought I, i i mean i i I'll take that's Moore more for eight and a half million over Eric Gordon for 12 and a half, you know, any day I mean, Moore's a better defender. He's not quite as good of a three point shooter, but he's been, he's 37% for his career. Uh, he's, and even in college, he was a great three point shooter. So, there's every, everything to suggest that he's going to be a, a very formidable threat from long range for the Pelicans. And then he added Buddy Heal, too, in the draft. And so uh, he's had a pretty rough start. But there's, a, again, a large sample size to show that he's going to be just fine as a long perimeter shooter. Of course, there are other questions about his game. But again, he's a rookie. So, uh, it's going to be obviously a little tougher to, to replace Ryan Anderson's uh, stretch four um, <laughs> capabilities. You can do a little bit of it with Solomon Hill at the 4 and 80 at the 5. Same thing with Terrence Jones. He's not as great a three-point shooter, but he can he can at least make teams worry a little bit about, about you. He, you can't give him a completely wide-open look. So uh, it's, it's just as much about spacing as it is, as it is about uh, actually scoring. So, um, again, Anderson's a tough, a tough loss, um, but not worth, in my opinion, not worth what he got paid, and it's going to make the Pelicans a better uh, defensive team in the long run.
0: Yeah, you just mentioned Buddy Heald um, seemingly drafted to provide some perimeter scoring and and spacing to help Anthony Davis operate. Aaron and I saw him in Las Vegas this summer and he struggled a lot, already struggling. How close would you say he is to consistently contributing to a winning team?
1: Um, It's tough. I mean, in one sense, he's a four-year college player, so he's probably closer than um, guys who only were in the league for or in the college for about a year and are 19, 20 years old. But now, it's watching him play what from what I've seen so far it's just it's it's almost ironic because it seems like it's a as much a confidence issue than anything he's timid he's uh not playing with the same kind of uh uh confidence that you saw at Oklahoma or even sometimes in the preseason so um I, I think he's going to be fine again small sample size but he's going to you know he's also a rookie he's going to have he's going to struggle on defense he's going to turn the ball over So he's going to help space the floor for the Pelicans, but he's also going to hurt them, too. So, I mean, I'd I'd say like most rookie or or best case scenario for rookies, uh, apart from maybe the top few picks, is not much better than the replacement level of the rookie year. So I think it'd be um, irresponsible to expect much more than that. But um, hopefully he can uh, get things going soon. But I'm not not as as far from a three point shooting perspective and a floor spacing perspective. I'm not I'm not super concerned. I think he'll be just fine.
0: Yeah, Buddy Heald hasn't played too many games, so there's still definitely room there for significant improvement. So many other players were added to this squad. You mentioned Etwan Moore, Solomon Hill, Galloway, Terrence Jones, Diallo, and obviously Heald. Who would you say um, are the most important offseason acquisitions, and what do you expect their roles to be?
1: So I think it's uh, it's Moore and Hill. Uh, Hill, from the perspective, he's going to get a lot of minutes. The Pelicans aren't that deep on the wing he's going to play some small ball four. you know he, they paid him 12 million dollars a season he's he's going to play he's going to get minutes of 12 or 13 but um so he's definitely important um it's one more as well um just because they got to bring buddy along slowly if they want to have a if, if they if playoffs to the goal this year they're going to need it's one more to really step up and i think he's been he, he's pleased me so far with his play um Strong defender and he's a capable three-point shooter. Um, Terrence Jones, a little less so, but you know, he's he's an interesting addition. Good, for, good for the league minimum for sure. Uh, I, I like his offensive game. I like his as if he can stay healthy. He's I think he's a, a fine offensive player. It's just a question of does he sink the defense when he's in. I don't think he's quite as bad of a defender as Anderson, but he's also not as good of an offensive player as Anderson. So, I mean, like I said, a good addition at the league minimum. Um, so, uh, but I would definitely say um Solomon Hill and Antoine Moore are the two uh most most important additions for the Pelicans. It seems to me like a lot of their
0: offseason acquisitions were designed to get more athletic, faster, and also to improve the defense, which has definitely been an area of concern in recent years. Last year the defensive rating was third to last, only better than the Nets and the Lakers. And uh, just throughout anthony davis's tenure it's been uh, near the bottom of the league and and he's obviously just such a beast defensively what's the main way you think that they're going to improve the defense if they can this season
1: uh yeah that's a good question i i think like you said the additions they've had this this offseason there are are two to to really kind of shore up that defense and Give Darren Erman, who they brought in as their basically their defensive coordinator, some, some tools to work with. I mean, the number of times last season I saw him just throw his hands up in the air and disgust on the sideline was you know, too many to count, uh, and, and that was just the first month of the season. So um, I mean, it was just it, it was it was rough. And now they have guys who can who are like who can defend multiple positions. You can you can switch on screens a little more, and uh, you know you can create. So I mean, the lineup I'm looking forward to most for for New Orleans is uh, ignoring Quincy Pondexter because that would be my uh, he would probably be my ideal uh, two-way lineup, but you know, with Drew getting back, Drew Moore, um, Hill, uh, Davis, and um, you could you could throw a few different guys in there. Um, but uh, Galloway is a tough defender. Um, I would like, a love to see Quincy Pondexter in there at the three, and uh, Solomon Moore playing small ball four and Ad at the five. I think that'd be really fun. Um, but they've got they've got some guys who can who can defend now. They brought Solomon Hill in to be that wing defender they were looking for, and um, there's you know he's been. Pretty good defensively he's been uh you know i you know, talking to some some pacers uh, writers who follow him more closely than i did when he was on the pacers they 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 love his defensive game they have questions about his offense but you know i think um you know like you said they, they definitely their offseason was definitely geared more towards fixing fixing that defense and finding guys who can who can run Alvin Gentry's offense even if they're not uh exceptional offensive players i'm really curious to hear your opinion on lance stevenson as someone who
0: follows the clippers really closely His time with them was definitely an adventure. And you could say that about his last, I don't know, three, four years in the NBA, really
1: just such a wild card. What do you think about his addition? I was pretty uh, back and forth on Lance Stevenson Uh, during— preseason because the pelicans showed a clear change in direction in the sense that they were passing the ball more a much higher percentage of the pelicans points were assisted in the preseason than they were during the regular season last year and lance doesn't really jive with that but withdrew out there and you saw it in the first few games they really needed that secondary um you know ball handler secondary uh offensive threat and lance lance filled that role and he's uh you know, obviously, he comes with his risks, but he's been—he's definitely been a positive for the Pelicans through through three games of the season. So, uh, when Drew comes back, it'll be interesting to see what the plan is with him. Whether it's to to lead up the second unit, but that you know, I, I would assume Tim Frazier uh, heads to the to, to to that role when Drew gets back. So, it's going to be good, interesting to see what they do with him uh, when when Drew returns. But for now, he's definitely been uh, a net positive for for the Pelicans. Surprisingly right. enough. That's exactly what I was about to ask. So far,
0: Tim Frazier has been building off his excellent final month of last season, really racking up those assists and scoring too. How difficult do you think it could be for Drew Holiday to earn back a starting spot from Frazier once he returns, or do you think that's set in stone and Frazier is just going to be a key bench guy?
1: Yeah, I think it's set in stone. Drew Holiday just—he—he's so clearly the Pelicans' second best player, and so he'll get maybe, maybe like for a game or two, he comes off the bench. But I, I would—I would assume he's. He's starting very close to the second he he returns, and yeah, you know, that to, in Tim Frazier's defense, that doesn't mean he won't he won't play at all. I, I it's or he won't play with the starters at all. I should say because he uh, the the four man lineup of uh, Frazier, Moore, Hill, and and Davis has been very good this year. So maybe if you add Drew Holiday into that to that four and just go ro- roll through with three guards with Drew Frazier and uh, Itwon Moore, I think you've got a pretty uh, albeit a, a poor defensive rebounding lineup, but uh, you think you got a pretty solid. Um, two-way two group right there. And so I think to Frazier's earned the right to play some minutes with the starters, even with Drew Holiday back. But I think there's not there's not really much of a doubt in my mind at who the starting point guard is when, when Drew gets back. Do you think we could
0: see Tyreek um, Evans at point guard at all? Or do you think he's better at at the
1: three? Mm. the Tyreek issue is an interesting one because no one really knows what what's going on with him I mean even if uh even if he's back in the next month or so it's it just really seems like all the Pelicans moves this offseason were made in with the thought of Tyreek not really being much of a of a factor for the for the Pels this year so I think I I don't think Tyreek's going to play in the starting lineup i just i just don't see it i think if he comes back it's going to be as a six-man type of role off the bench um i don't i just don't think he fits in with with Gentry's style with the uh with with at least with the starters i if, if you want to bring him in, and and him and him and uh, lance stevenson are, are very redundant players so i'm not sure what you know how you could use both of those guys uh so um a, a very interesting question and one that you know we'll have to watch out for especially a uh, tyree the it was about a week or so ago that Gentry kind of made it sound like uh, Tyreek to be back earlier than I think many of us expected, so um, so we'll see in the next month or so how they uh, how they plan on distributing those minutes, but um, definitely an intriguing uh, piece of the puzzle.
2: Switching to an- yet another subject in advance of this year's draft. The Pelicans brought on former Atlanta GM Danny Ferry, reuniting him with Del Demps. They were both assistants on that San Antonio staff. As far as you can tell, how how has Ferry's impact and presence been felt on this team?
1: Tough to say. I, I think it's definitely there. He's been an advisor kind of off off the payroll for a little while now to Demps. They're as you said, they're close. And so uh, now, now I guess it's a, it's official, but uh, I, I, I like Ferry. I think he, he's a very smart basketball mind and I, and I have confidence in him as a, as a uh, right-hand man to Dell Dems and making these decisions. And, you know, it seems consistent with the, the kind of team he built uh, in Atlanta around like Damari Carroll and those types of players. But, um, you know, again, tough to really know for sure. Exactly how much the impact was uh, And, you know, it's, I feel like it's easy for some people to blame Dell dumps if things go poorly and credit, uh, Danny Ferry, if things go well, but I, I just, I just don't think it's that simple. I think, uh, I think Ferry has been you know, around for a little while and now he's got more of a voice, but, um, you know, I think it's, you know, like there, he's definitely been a factor. It's just tough to really tell to what degree.
2: Mason, thanks a lot for your time. Just one more final question for you. If there's one storyline for fans to watch out for or something that casual fans don't know or should know about this team, what would you say the most interesting storyline for this season is? Hmm.
1: It's a good question. Um, I think there's a lot of um, of notions out there about about the players on this team that maybe aren't, entirely accurate I don't know it's something that's just top of mind for me recently and so uh, because of what we talked about at the you know top of the podcast with Anthony Davis and uh, his lack of help in the supporting cast and I just you know it seems like people just keep talking about and piling on that AD has no help and that the roster is just pretty much just a dumpster fire around him and I just I just don't see it that way I don't think it's it's like I said it's not it's it's not great but they've got a lot of Players who I think are versatile and can do different things—it's um, just they're kind of in a tough spot without that secondary, um, you know, secondary guy like a Drew Holiday alongside them. And I just, I just think it's important to kind of keep an eye on the Pelicans throughout the year and see how things change. And if, if things don't change and they're still just—it's still a mess—then you're going to see some major, major changes at the top. I think. But I really do expect things to to kind of turn around. Even with a guy like Omer, yeah, I think he has a role with the team. I think he's been playing better this year. Last year, he was spent a lot of the time hurt and just not 100. percent And so I think there are a lot of these guys who are, who are role players. They don't they don't have a, a you know many great players or any really great players apart from Drew or uh, or AD. But I think there's there's enough around AD to where. Uh, as, as they continue to get minutes together and knock them, would they stay healthy? I, I think this team can can give uh, a, a lot of teams some trouble. So um, it's going to be fun to watch how this new group starts to mesh together. And I'm a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see see how it shakes out.
2: Mason, it was a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for your time and good luck to the Pelicans this season.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. Thanks for having me.